Hello and welcome to the My Breast, My Health podcast. My name is Tasha Gandamihaja and I am your host and I'm also a breast cancer surgeon. In this podcast, we talk about all things related to breast cancer. I talk to experts in the field of medicine, nutrition, as well as the health and wellness space. I also share stories of those who have been affected by breast cancer. Thank you so much for joining me today. In today's episode, my guest is Dr. Bob Otofianis. Bob is a breast surgeon based in Indonesia who is doing incredible work for those affected by breast cancer in his area. He has many challenges that he must overcome, including limited resources, cultural challenges, as well as the lack of breast awareness within his community. And this has resulted in high numbers of patients presenting with locally advanced disease, making treatment even more challenging. As we know, healthcare funding can always be improved. And Indonesia is a massive country. And unfortunately, there is just not enough resources to serve the huge population. And so Dr. Bob explains in our conversation how this impacts the decision-making process for those who have been affected by breast cancer needing treatment. Although we know that breast cancer is a global disease, it was evident from our conversation that health provision varies drastically. In his efforts to improve education, Dr. Bob is active on social media and he especially uses his Instagram platform to educate his followers about all things related to breast cancer. And do listen right to the end when we talk about how we managed to meet up in person and how social media, when used intentionally, can be such a powerful tool. It was such an honest conversation and I learned so much from it. If you want to have insight as to how breast cancer is being treated in um, a developing country, then this is the episode to listen to. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Dr. Bob Otofianis. Hi, Bob. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Dr. Tasha. It's my honor to join the show. Now it's been my, you know, my honor to have you on. It's, it's so great to be able to speak to you because you are actually um, on the other side of the world. Thank you so much for taking time out of your your very busy schedule and taking time out <laughs> from the evening to, to speak yeah. to me. I'm really, really grateful. So you are a breast surgeon based in Surabaya, which is in East Java in Indonesia. And I think that's the yeah. second second largest um, city after Jakarta, which is the capital. I think that's that's correct, isn't yes, it? Yes, correct. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit about um, yourself and the work that you do? Yeah. Um, so basically, I'm a general surgeon uh, in Indonesia. Right after my graduation, I think 11 years ago, I decided to focus my practice on breast uh, cancer problem. Right now, 90% of my work is in a breast problem. I work in an oncology hospital in East Java because it is a, a breast center. It helped with my decision to focus on breast uh, cancer management. I wanted you to come onto the show because I want to learn more about you know the provision of uh, breast cancer care in other countries and of course you yeah. know, Indonesia 
is a massive country. It is the fourth most populous country in the world, around or under 300 million people, you know, in terms of the population, compared to the UK, which is, I think, about 70 million. So in comparison, you know, Indonesia is is huge. So, uh, So I'm just wondering, first of all, how does the healthcare system work in Indonesia? Started at 2015, I think we we experienced uh, major changing in uh, healthcare services. Before 2015, I think 60% of Indonesian people spend own pocket money to to have a healthcare. But right. after 2015, 70% of Indonesian people are covered by government, and their target now is uh, 100% of uh, Indonesian people will be covered by the government. So you can say a government insurance. And uh, the problem is that I think the same with many develop, developing countries, uh, they spend only 5% of the national budget on healthcare uh, compared mm-hmm. to a developed country, let's say like uh, United States, who spend 25 to 28% of national budget on healthcare. So uh, with a lot of uh, people to taking care of and with a limit budget, uh, you can imagine that uh, it's a lot of work for the government. Yeah. And especially for a cancer problem, because uh, um, what I see now is that despite the government try to their best to uh, cover the cancer treatment, it is still a long way to uh, for us to manage to meet the standard treatment if we compare to the in the Europe or in the US. So it's it's I guess it's social health care provision, which I think is pretty astounding for a country Indonesia's yeah. size for you know for the government to actually take on that that yeah. responsibility for universal health care. I mean it must be quite you know in terms of um expense that that's quite huge, isn't it? Yes, a very huge money involved. Yeah. In the UK, breast cancer is the number one cancer in women. How in, in Indonesia um, and perhaps in, in Asia in, in general, um, how prevalent is breast cancer? I think it's the same thing with uh, other parts of the world. Now, the main problem with cancer, especially for women, is breast cancer. Second one is cervical cancer. Uh, right. We have increased number of breast cancer incidents every year, and now estimated that every two hours uh, a woman will die because of breast cancer in Indonesia. It is now the the largest uh, problem in uh, admission for cancer in in Indonesia is breast cancer. Twenty eight percent of admission uh, due to cancer is. Uh, breast cancer and in indonesia it is this uh, the seventh cause of death for all cause i think the the first one now is uh, stroke right. and then tuberculosis we still have tuberculosis and then okay. hypertension trauma perinatal problem a diabetes problem and then the seventh uh, cause of death is uh, breast cancer so i think right. uh, from that statistic alone you can see that it is the largest cause of death caused by cancer in Indonesia. 
in terms of numbers, would you know how many people mm. would die of breast cancer in Indonesia per year? That's the problem. I only have the rough number of the incidents. The problem in Indonesia is that uh, our registration for cancer is, is still not working very well. The number that you saw is a, a hospital-based cancer registry. Uh, it's not a population-based, so the number that report every year is not actual problem in Indonesia, but only a, a rough number. In The actual number is it's very hard to, to tell. Right, okay. Yeah. But I guess if it's, you know, the seventh on the list of causes of death, then I suspect it's, it's quite high, isn't it? It's just we don't have the actual data to be able to yeah. to say the exact exact number um because i know that you know you you've been exposed to other breast services you know you've you've been to europe and you know you've experienced other um healthcare systems what's the typical presentation of the patient that comes in and walks through the door in, into your clinic yeah i, I think 80% of them came with a lung problem and 60 to 70 percent of them came with late presentations that's late the common problem yeah late presentation so wow 60 to 70 percent yeah <laughs> so that's a common problem in indonesia uh it also add the problem that which it means that uh, majority of the uh, breast cancer patient in indonesia will need uh, upfront systemic treatment with chemotherapy and the other problem is that the facility or also the the expert on doing the systemic treatment the number of the expert is not the ratio is not adequate for Indonesian people so you will have many patients with late cancer being treated with operation that resulted in um, local recurrence and also right. high incidence of death and also they will have, will have to travel a long way to get the systemic treatment that will add more uh, spending on the treatment. So it's a very complicated process in Indonesia, mainly also because we don't have a, a early detection program that carried by the government uh, for the meantime. Right. So, so you don't have the, like yeah. um, a screening program equivalent that we have in the yeah. UK? Okay. So mainly the patient came to the hospital hospital because of their problem, not not found by a screening program. Okay, so it's they usually come with symptoms rather than yes. um, rather than um, you know a screen detected cancer. I'm quite surprised actually that sixty or so percent of people come to you with advanced stage locally advanced breast cancer. What do you think the reasons are behind their late presentation? Yeah, we did a study in our hospital, I think it's five years ago, maybe, uh, on cancer delay. We see the delay from the patient perspective. Um, the main reason for, for their late presentation, the main reason is uh, knowledge. Right. Uh, many people in Indonesia, they don't have proper knowledge on breast cancer uh, symptoms or also, and also they that the cancer can be treated and can be cured, uh, then they don't have the proper knowledge. So basically, when you have cancer, then you stay at home and wait for your destiny, right. something like that. Okay. And the second one is uh, afraid. They're afraid that 
the cancer means the end of their, their life. Yeah. I think that's also uh, a knowledge. And the third one, um, family problem. Many women with breast cancer, they afraid to open up because they afraid to disturb their family with their problems. So they keep it alone, right. something like that. And that's from the patient side. But uh, delay also come from the hospital side. Okay. And, uh, many center in Indonesia, or especially in the rural area, they don't have any uh, proper system for uh, breast problem management, proper system, proper team. So right. that can be a problem. And also uh, the delay from the doctor side. Yeah. I have to admit that in Indonesia, we don't have uh, uh, many doctors that train for breast cancer or, or breast problem, mainly because uh, the separation between if you want to do breast cancer management or breast problem management, you have to follow the certain educations. In Indonesia, the standard would be surgical oncologist. But when you don't take that education, you are considered not competent to do that. And I think that's, uh, that will not solve the problem in Indonesia because we only have, uh, I, the rough number will be 250 of uh, surgical oncologists in Indonesia. 80% of them are in Java Island and 30% yeah. of them are in Jakarta. Okay. So uh, you can yeah. imagine that if you noticed our geographic characteristic, it will be difficult to have uh, equal treatment yeah. for Indonesian people because of you have to do certain education to be able right. to consider competent to do that. Well, that, it's, I mean, it sounds like it's quite a complex, yeah. you know, a complex area because there's so many facets that contribute to late presentation and yeah. because of that then you know is there a lot of public health messaging you know because obviously if there there's for your patients 60 percent of them to come late that there is an issue and you would hope that there is some form of kind of education you know in the public health setting to to tell women yeah. educate women these are the things you need to look out for what you need to do don't be ashamed don't be afraid are there many campaigns such as such as this only on october i think only in october okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, that's uh, uh um people will not agree with me but I, I that's what i i see that every october so many things that we do to to raise the awareness of breast cancer but after that it will be stay quiet again okay well yeah that's difficult isn't it and also you know for for, for there only to be 250 surgical oncologists for such a massive country and the majority being concentrated in java which is obviously you know the main the main island in indonesia and for those who don't know yeah. um indonesia it's an archipelago of islands and you know over thirteen thousand islands uh, make up the archipelago <laughs> but you know the main the, the main islands they're you know they're i don't know maybe about six seven probably but java is where the capital city is java is where bob works but there are other yeah. islands massive massive islands which um, serve a huge number of people and they unfortunately are not served by the expertise that they need and 
I suspect, therefore, that if the training of the surgeon, surgeons or surgical oncologists to be is made better or made less um, arduous and the barriers to become a specialist is lowered or removed, then that might solve the problem. But I guess, you know, this is beyond the scope of this conversation today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Our uh, barrier also for me, from for the uh, from the surgical point of view, if we deal with early breast cancer also, and we want to do breast conserving surgery, which means that you will need a re- radiation uh, after surgery, that also put us in an, another problem to be considered because the waiting time for radiation it's a very different in every area, but in my city will be for four to five months of uh, oh, wow. queuing. Okay. Yeah. In other city like in uh, central Java, the patient will have two, two to four weeks, which is quite good. But in my area, because of uh, East Java, also receive a patient from East Indonesia. So the, the number of patients who need the radiation is quite large. Right. So it put us in a difficult situation if we want to do breast conserving. Uh, we can do it only if the patient are willing to uh, use their own pocket money to, to have radiation in the private hospital. If we follow the standard that one machine of uh, radiation is uh, supposed to serve uh, one million of people, then we will need 250 uh, machine of radiation right. to serve Indonesian people. But now we only have 50 of them. So okay. we can only, uh, I think we can only afford to manage uh, 20% of the actual uh, requirement for our people. And right. that uh, for, for early breast cancer and also for uh, local advanced breast cancer put us yeah. in a, uh, another problem. Yeah. Right. So does that then play into the decision-making process of what type of surgery um, a patient may, may choose yeah. to have? Uh, of course. Uh, if we see that the patient can afford to have the radiation with their own pocket money, then we will do the standard. I think the standard one for early breast cancer now is uh, breast conserving. But if we see that the patient has difficulty to fulfill the radiotherapy treatment and then we, we do many of uh, skin sparing mastectomy with direct uh, reconstruction uh, in this case uh, with uh, autologous tissue uh, we still do latissimus tors- torsi flap or tram flap because uh, mainly the Indonesian people desire one time surgery not okay. uh, two, two stage st- surgery and by doing so we, we can avoid uh, for the patient to have radiation by choosing a mastectomy in a early breast cancer yeah, with immediate okay. reconstruction. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, you know, I'm sure the listeners are aware, but, you know, if you have breast conservation surgery, then the recommendation is to have radiotherapy because as long as you, you have a breast, then radiotherapy 
and minimizes the risk of, of local recurrence. Local but recurrence, yeah. yeah, as as Bob said, that if if the wait for you know radiotherapy is six months, then that is a way too long a wait. So as a result, patients will then have to choose mastectomy over breast conservation surgery to negate the need for for radiotherapy. And you know these are decisions that, fortunately for many women in developed countries don't have to consider because they know if they if breast conservation surgery is the most appropriate surgery um you know and radiotherapy is recommended then these women will uh, are fortunate enough to be able to access radiotherapy but in countries or in you know in places such as indonesia for example where radiotherapy services are lacking this is not an option so these are these are issues that are very real for women in Indonesia. Yeah, sadly but true. Uh, the main problem is an equal ratio of human resources on treating the problem and also the facility. And that's not only the problem, I think, that also the willingness to work together to make a good team. I think that we, we are not customized yet to have a team I think it's the same problem in every country when they first started to to have an integrated breast uh, cancer management. But uh, in Indonesia, I think it's still a problem now. Yeah. Right. And how about um, um, things like um, sentinel lymph node biopsies, for example? Um, it's that is that yeah. something that is is able to be practiced? Yeah, in my center, in my city, we are having difficulty to provide nuclear medicine. So I'm doing the central node biopsy with, not with dual tracer, but with uh, blue dye. Okay. And I think from my experience or what I observed, uh, it's a pretty decent technique to do and to avoid lymph edema or a subsequent uh, result from the surgery. Uh, we we work with what we have, uh, basically. Yeah. Something. Yeah. No, I mean, I think you know, blue dye only um, technique is you know, centres in the UK do do that also. Yeah. For various reasons that they can't get the radioactive um, isotope. So you know, I know I know centres not far from where I am who the, who just you know used blue dye. So I think that's that's a pretty. That's glad- uh, that's glad to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you know, in, in an ideal world, the dual technique would be fine and it's the gold standard. But actually, the reality is I don't think it's always available to everybody. So there are centers in the UK who aren't able to do the dual technique, um, especially because in the UK, anyhow, um, I know this to be true because of us leaving the EU you know, certain parts of the country have had problems in acquiring the the radioactive isotope. Ah, okay. And because obviously it only has a certain life and you have to get it quite close to when you need to use it. And all of the logistic issues um, have been mm-hmm. affected because of Brexit. So I think, you know, we're, we're trying to look at different ways um, to do sentinel lymph node biopsies, even in the UK. So... We all have, have our own problems, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I think, you you know, you, you, you're doing amazing work in your own hospital. And I think, you know, the, your patients are so lucky to have you as their specialist uh, breast cancer yeah. surgeon. 
Um, Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, it's it's just amazing. And hearing your your account of what is happening in Indonesia, you, you just wonder what, first of all, you know, there, there's so many hurdles that has to be overcome because it's very populous. You have to have access to all of these treatments and services needs funding and also you need the expertise and I guess if there are, the expertise isn't there then it becomes a really difficult problem to to solve yeah, yeah. I'm very I'm very lucky that our founders uh, in my hospital they set a, a journey I might say that it's very dif- uh, different from other doctors in Indonesia at the time my senior I'm uh, uh, I think that I'm now the third generation in my hospital. Right. Uh, my my senior uh, from the beginning understood that you cannot work alone in uh, breast cancer management. You have to uh, set a team: breast radiologists, breast pathologists, uh, breast nurse, hemato oncologists. Uh, then it's from the beginning we we try to do that, and it become a, a standard way of working in our hospital. Even though in other part of Indonesia, still, it's still not happening. But okay. from the beginning, in our hospital, we're doing uh, that kind of uh, approach. And also that educational problem and something like that. I, I met you in, I think, May 2019. Uh, that's yes. one of our, our struggle and our way to, to make sure that we are competent enough, safe enough to treat our patient with a, a good treatment, with recent treatment. It's very common for us to seek benchmarking outside Indonesia. Mm-hmm. I currently also uh, enrolled in a breast master, master of Press on Coplasty from University of East Anglia. It's a, I think all that we have done is it's quite different from the mainstream in Indonesia. The main reason is to provide our patient with a good uh, uh, treatment, with standardized treatment, with current uh, treatment. And the only way to, to do that is to seek a help network outside. The story how Bob and I um, connected, we, we connected via um, Instagram. And um, um, Bob was, because obviously he's an amazing surgeon and he wants to continue to develop his practice. So he was going to Cambridge uh, to do a course and we connected and then we decided to meet up. So, yeah, we met up in 2019 in person when Bob came to, to um, you know, via Cambridge. We met up in London and it was a it was a, it was a fantastic uh, meeting. We had lunch and we just chatted, and you know, exchanged stories. And it was it was a really really great encounter. And it just is a testament to you know, uh, first of all, to social media really, because without it, uh, Bob and I would not have connected, and we've stayed connected since. Yeah, um, thank God. But, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, and and second of all, it's a testament to y- Bob. You you know your your mission and your drive to provide your patients the best care possible by you know getting uh, improving your knowledge, you know, continuing your professional development and skills. And I think it's an amazing kind of effort from you and and your hospital. So I have nothing but admiration for for what you do for your patients. So yeah, you know that's it's just an amazing work that you do for them. Yeah, I, I told the story of uh, our, our 
a meeting uh, to the, the to the uh, people in our hospital and we are looking forward to have a chance for you to visit us uh, that would be amazing <laughs> yeah because yeah <laughs> uh, just to see in person how we work and to share the experience i think by seeing indonesian surgeon in in uk also will put uh, <laughs> a little bit optimism to for for the young one in, in our hospital oh you know it would be an absolute honor to come and hopefully when the pandemic finally is under control uh, which it will be you know we have to be optimistic i yeah. know um in, yeah we have to be optimistic i know it, you know we in the uk certainly we're lucky that we're coming out of it or you know everything's easing easing um out of lockdown and um the situation is better definitely from what it was a year ago i know and you know before we we started to record you know bob was telling me how uh, what the covid situation was like in indonesia but you know i'm sure we'll be able to i'm hopeful we have to be hopeful right we have to look yeah we have we to, have to yeah. look to the future with hope because otherwise that what is there um left um but yeah it'd be amazing and an absolute privilege for me to come over and I'll definitely will come okay <laughs> and, yeah I will definitely be in <laughs> so um Bob thank you so much for this conversation it's been an absolute pleasure and it's yeah. just so nice to catch up with you um after all this time and um for you to just to shed light about what it's uh you know what a different healthcare system is like and all the the difficulties that you encounter but equally all the the good things that you do um as well and um before you go if people want to 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 check you out and um to connect with you uh where would you like them to go i have a social media uh, channel uh, through instagram uh, it's uh, it's how i met tasha also uh, my <laughs> my instagram uh is uh ask bob r s o s uh ask bob r s o s okay uh, yeah yeah you can check me out there and it's, it's it's a pleasure to have uh, new friends and uh the honor is mine to to be able to speak with you through this channel and as i uh, wrote in uh, many occasion Now, I I told you that uh, meeting you in 2019 is one of my the highlight of uh, my profession and my life. Yeah, because oh. uh, yeah, uh, um, it's funny how social media can help uh, you to have a new friend, but the meeting itself uh, it's uh, it's very good meeting. It's an unforget, unforgettable meeting. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was it was a really it was it was a really great memorable memorable great meeting. And um, so yeah, people, um, my listeners, do check out Bob. Um, uh, I'll leave all the links in the show notes. Is at um, ask Bob R S O S. Thank you, Bob, once again for coming onto the show. I really appreciate your time, and um, you know, I hope to catch up with you soon. Um, if not virtually, hopefully in person. Um, yeah, very very soon. So I hope hope we can do that very soon. Okay, uh, stay safe for you and everyone in UK.
Thank you. You too. You too. Take care. Bye. Take care. Bye. Wow, what a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much once again to Dr. Bob for his time and his expertise and for sharing his experiences. Do check Dr. Bob out on Instagram. You can find him at AskBobRSOS. That's AskBobRSOS. And I will put that in the show notes, which is MyBreastMyHealth.com forward slash episode 35. So if you have enjoyed this podcast so far and uh, you listen to it quite regularly, first of all, thank you so much for that. Um, You can share it with your friends and family and perhaps even work colleagues or really anyone who you think may benefit from listening to the experts I interview as well as the stories that I share. And if you haven't done so yet, if you have time, that is, of course, um, I would be ever so grateful if you could leave a rating and review in Apple Podcast, and um, that would mean the world because that will hopefully expose the show to a wider audience, and so hopefully that can benefit more people as well. And also, um, why don't you connect with me on Instagram? You can DM me there, and you can tell me what you enjoy most about the show, if you want me to interview um, certain people, and if you want me to cover certain topics, then do um, slide into my DMs, as as they say, and definitely let me know your thoughts. So once again, thank you so much for listening. I really, really appreciate you. And in the meantime, do stay safe, whatever you're doing, and I will catch you in the next one. Do take care. Bye.